0: What's going on and welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Hope everyone is staying safe as we continue to bring you some great podcasts alongside Pelicans.com and the mobile app. We have a very special guest for you today. Of course, you heard about him earlier today with Jackson Hayes, Pelicans rookie. He and Crispy and Chicken teamed up to provide 500 meals to frontline workers. the meals will be distributed to members of the environmental services crew at auction or health facilities across southeast louisiana so jackson hayes doing his part in the new orleans community jackson before we get into this first off thanks for coming on how are you and the family doing
1: of course of course thank you guys for having me uh we're doing great right now just quarantined uh just staying safe staying uh social distancing away from everyone else right now now uh exactly what are you doing to kind of you know
0: keep your mind off things what are you doing to stay busy whether it's you know obviously your big shoe collection what are you doing to kind of stay busy during this time
1: uh i've been i've been taking this time to kind of collect some more shoes uh also been playing some call of duty uh working out here at my home on the bike doing some kettlebell workouts and stuff like that
0: has it been hard staying in shape, you know, when you're kind of stuck in an apartment trying to do some stuff? Or has it been actually okay being able to work out and stuff?
1: I mean, it's been okay being able to work out. I mean, I'm able to just do it every morning whenever I wake up. But, uh, I mean, obviously it's not basketball shape being able to run up and down all the time. Just, I mean, it's hard to stay that type of shape when you're not playing basketball.
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about your donation you made with Crispy Crunchy Chicken helping frontline workers at auctioner. How did this come about? What made you decide that this was going to be the way you're going to give back to the New Orleans community during this tough time?
1: Uh, Really, it's just about uh, just giving back. New Orleans has done so much for me since I came down here. The people have showed so much love. So I just wanted to help out uh, the people who are helping everyone else out. So I also have some family members who work in uh, the medicine in- industry, working at hospitals and stuff like that. So mean, it means a lot to me. I just wanted to be able to help as much as I could.
0: You mentioned the impact that New Orleans
1: has had
0: on you, you know, just being a short amount of time here. What has this city meant to you and how it's kind of opened their arms to you and some of the other rookies like Zion and Nikhil? Uh, what has the Crescent City meant to you during your time here with the Pelicans so far?
1: Uh, I mean, it's meant a ton to me. Uh, I mean, even when I just walk outside my house before all this quarantine stuff happened, people would just always say, what's up, or they just, they're a big fans. So I mean just New Orleans is really open, uh open or, or see me with open arms. And I mean I just really appreciate it for that. I know uh it's hard, you know, when you're not being able to
0: see your teammates, I feel like that's kind of the one thing you're missing the most alongside with the basketball. How often are you able to keep in touch with your teammates? How often are you talking to them?
1: Uh pretty often for the most part. Uh we'll all like text in our group chat or just call each other whenever like we're just, just hanging out at the crib. Like, I mean, me and Frank, Zion, Nikhil, all those guys, we all just kind of just FaceTime, see what's up, see how everyone's doing, holding up. let you talk about your
0: relationship with Zion and Nikhil, obviously you all coming in at the same time certainly helped. Um, I actually asked Nikhil about this a couple of weeks ago that, you know, sometimes it's hard for a rookie because on a, one team he might be the only rookie on there or it might be only just a couple. Um, and it's kind of hard to ease into this transition of, you know, being in the NBA, how much did it help having guys like Nikhil and Zion with you to kind of help you ease into the process of becoming an NBA player?
1: Oh, it's helped a ton. Uh, just having those guys there, we can just turn to each other and uh, ask each other questions that we have. Them, or we can just help each other out with situations that we have. So, I mean, it's really helped out a ton just having those two guys who are around the same age as me, like here with me. It just seemed like
0: that friendship came naturally. And as soon as he got here, you know, the Bayou Boys were going to LSU football games, basketball games, all around. It just seemed like very quickly you all kind of attached to one another. Was it just something instantly where you all connected and realized that you know you all are going to be really good friends, no matter whether or not you all were going to be teammates or not?
1: uh for sure. I mean, I've already I already knew Zion. I, I met him in high school for the first time. Uh, Nikhil, actually, I met him right after. Actually, you know, I met him at the combine, and so we kind of already had a little bit of a friendship coming into it. And then once we all, after the draft, once we all finally met and saw each other in person, uh, I mean, it was just really easy just to connect with those guys. Look, I know you mentioned your shoe game and your in your
0: shoe collection. I saw some Instagram videos of you know your closet and how many shoes you have. And look, I'll admit it, Nikhil Alexander Walker said that he has the best shoe game out of you in Zion. I'm going to give you the opportunity Uh, to have a rebuttal here and and tell me why you have the best shoe collection of the three. I'm just saying it's it's on record on the podcast. Wow,
1: that's crazy. I didn't know Nikhil said that. Uh, But I I think I have the best shoe collection. Uh, Nikhil, mine's the best on the court and off the court. Nikhil on the court only wears Kobe's. I have all different types of collections of shoes here. Uh, My off the court, his, his and Zion's off the court are both really good hard to be done because he's with Jordan but uh yeah I feel like I, I still feel like mine's a little bit better I have some more exclusive some more exclusive pairs now Nikhil has some pretty crazy pairs too though same with Z when did you start mine's becoming a huge
0: when did you start becoming a huge collector Jackson because obviously the, that collection of shoes must have taken a while for you to get when did you start really you know caring about you know the types of shoes that you wear on the core and the shoes you wear off the core when did that really come about
1: I mean, I've always really been interested in shoes. Uh, my senior year of high school, I'd probably say that's I actually that was my first got my first pair of actual retro Jordans. Uh, it was always hard for me find them in my size growing up just because my feet were going so big, so quick. So I'd probably say my collection started end of my senior year, going into my freshman year of college. That's when I started getting more and more shoes.
0: What about designing them? I know I saw uh, via your Instagram a competition or, you know, a contest with you are allowing fans to, you know, design a shoe for you. Is that something that you would like to eventually do or something that you're interested in is kind of creating your own type of shoe and, you know, w- whether it's wearing it on the court or off the court, is that something that's kind of stuck out to you as far as the shoe collecting is maybe styling up some? Uh, I am
1: for sure like custom shoes. I uh, just have my own little design on stuff other people wouldn't have when I wear them on the court. Uh, I mean, I could definitely see myself getting into stuff like that eventually. Hopefully, maybe down the line there's a signature shoe coming out. Uh, but that that will only tell time.
0: Now the keel said he was doing construction because he needed to fit all of his shoes in a different closet. Is this something that you have no problem with? You have enough room in your closet to fit all your shoes right now, or at some point you might have to consider an expansion.
1: Uh, see, actually my, my shoe closet is actually gotten too small for my collection. I'm starting to have to put all of them on the floor as well, but, uh, I'm moving here soon. So hopefully I'll have a new room that will be able to fit all of them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You know, obviously being your rookie year, this is kind of an odd year for you with this pandemic and, you know, with the trade happening, summer league started a little late for you. What has been your biggest adjustment on or off the court or, or even both? What's kind of been the biggest thing that you've had to adjust to with the NBA lifestyle?
1: Uh, Really just all the traveling. Uh, I mean, college, you traveled a ton. I mean, i travel traveled a ton, but, I mean, NBA is just different. You're traveling at least like two or three times a week sometimes, maybe even more. So that, that definitely took a little bit of getting used to. Uh, So I'll probably say that. As far as the the g- amount of
0: games um, mentioned, not a lot of traveling with the University of Texas, but also the amount of games go from thirty to forty, depending on you know a tournament run to eighty-two plus playoffs. I know we didn't all eighty-two, but as far as having potentially three or four games a week, um, how much of an adjustment was that, even without the travel?
1: Oh, that was a huge adjustment. Uh, I feel like you're playing the AU tournament every week. Uh, I mean, just playing games back to back stuff like that. You go from one city to the next, not even kind of the travel stuff at home. It's just a really huge difference, really.
0: When you're looking at your growth and how you evolved on the court from game one to game 64 uh, when the NBA went on hiatus, what would you say is your biggest growth? What part of your game did you feel like, wow, I really improved from the first game as a rookie to maybe game 64? You're like, man, I've really come a long way since that first first appearance.
1: Uh, i would probably just say my knowledge as a player, uh, picked up so much stuff from the vets and from our coaches, just, I mean, sitting there watching film with coach before practice, before games, uh, going in early, having people teach me some new stuff, new defensive tactics. i would just say my knowledge of the game has just expanded the time since I came into the league. What did you learn from Derek Favors,
0: obviously being the veteran of the team, the veteran big man, how much were you able to kind of, you know, pick his brain about certain things, um on or off the court. How much has favors been a, a big help to you?
1: Oh, D Favors has helped me out a ton. Uh just teaching me little stuff, like when it comes to defensive stuff, like picking roles, what to do, how to play stuff, like faking at people, getting back. Uh he he was trying to teach me wall walling up. I feel like I got better at that throughout the end of the year with the fouls. But just little stuff like that really.
0: It seems like every player I've had on this podcast during this hiatus has really talked about the team chemistry and how much everyone enjoys each other on and off the court. How much does that help with someone like you who's in your first NBA season? You know, sometimes it could be a little bit of a tough locker room to have to adjust to whether certain personalities on here. But just seeing you guys on and off the court just really seems like you enjoy each other's company. Uh, How big was that knowing that? you know, sometimes that might not be the case that you were able to go into the situation and feel comfortable as soon as you got in it.
1: Oh, that helped out a ton, just being able to come in. as soon as soon as we all came in for training camp and all the vets started coming in, everyone really just clicked. Uh, I mean, you could tell they're all really great guys. Uh, they all want to help, which is, I feel like, really nice. What about this young core? You know, you talk about the three rookies and you,
0: Nikhil, and Zion, plus the young core of, of Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. It just seems like you all are in pretty good shape for a few years. How much do you kind of, you know, use that time to really get a feel for one another on the court that can really benefit you in, in seasons to come? Oh,
1: uh, I mean, uh, all of us guys, I mean, we're just all around the same age. I mean, I know Josh and Deion are a little bit older than us. But, I mean, we're all still around the same age. So that helps. We uh, all kind of have similar, similar stuff we go through. So I feel like that just brings us all closer as players.
0: Before I let you go here,
1: um, I want to talk about a kind of welcome to the NBA
0: moment. And I know some people portray a welcome to the NBA moment as a negative thing, um, whether it was a huge mistake or whatever. But I want to kind of ask you about your welcome to the NBA moment from at the moment you stepped on the court, whether it was an opposition, a player, whether it was seeing your your family in the stands. Was there a moment where you kind of took a step back and realized where you were as an NBA player? Was there a moment, a game, um, that you were like, "Wow, you know, I can't believe I'm here right now."
1: Uh, My first time just realizing I was there was our second game of the season. I didn't even play that game. I was versus the Rockets. I just looked out, saw James Harden, Russell Westbrook. We were playing against them. And I was like, dang, these are guys I just grew up watching. Uh, It's just crazy. And then I probably said my first time on the court was uh, my first game playing was versus the Warriors. And they had Draymond, Steph playing. So just like walking out and just seeing those guys on the court with me was just crazy.
0: There was also a moment in summer league. I know it doesn't count as a kind of an NBA moment, but it was also the Pelicans posted say on Twitter. Um you posterized an opposing player on one of your first games as a Pelican. Do you remember exactly that moment, that, that big ferocious dunk uh, in your first game in the in the summer league?
1: Oh yes, for sure. That was that was probably my craziest dunk I've ever had so far. Uh but yeah, that that was just crazy. I mean, it was me and Keel, he threw me the dime, and I just getting ready to go for a normal dunk i saw somebody the way, so i was like what the heck uh, who even cares if they give me the charge hopefully they didn't but uh, yeah that, that, that moment was pretty crazy
0: do you ever think about some of your missed dunks they're not misses because you can't execute them it's misses because of how athletic you are and where you you know start your your jump and the kind of pressure that you're on with the defense do you ever talk about how like some of your your misses are even crazier than the ones you were able to convert on just based on your athleticism. Do you ever think about that or, or see some of those after a game?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, some of my friends will always send me, like, some miss dunks, like, oh, my gosh, if you would have got this dunk, it would have been so crazy. But, uh, yeah, some of that stuff's just, like, I remember the first first missed dunk I actually had this season was against AD. I almost dunked on him uh, this first game back here in NOLA, and everyone was sending me that after. I was like, dang, I really wish I got that.
0: It also just shows that you have a, a huge confidence when approaching the rim, and we saw that in the summer league, and it hasn't gone away um, during this NBA season. Did you already, always have that where you knew that, you know, as long as you're going to the rim, you know, someone had to really stop you in order
1: to try to contest your dunk? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like ever since I really actually started dunking, dunking like my junior high school, whenever I've gone up for a dunk, no one's ever blocked me for one yet. Uh, except for this year in the league. So, uh, I mean, ever since like I just started dunking, I was real, like, no one can jump with me. So I got to have that mindset just to do what I got to do.
0: Yeah, it's certainly crazy. We're going to have to play you some of our, our play-by-play guy, Todd Graffini. Some of his calls with you, him screaming at your dunks is just unbelievable because he gets so excited whenever you're able to convert those. Jackson, it's, it's been really fun kind of talking to you and catching up. I know this is kind of a, a tough time for everyone, so any chance we get to see how you're doing, I know the fans are you know, wanting to make sure you're doing okay, and I know they and the city of New Orleans and the Pelicans and auctioner, really appreciate the contribution you made today, and uh, I hope to see you soon, Jackson. I appreciate the time today.
1: Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, hopefully we'll be seeing each other soon and get back in the facility and get going again.
0: Thanks to the big fella, Jackson Hayes, for coming on the podcast today. And, of course, props to the young man for his contributions in partnership with Crispy Crunchy Chicken, delivering 500 meals to healthcare workers on the front lines. The meals were distributed to members of the environmental services crew at auctioner Health Facilities across southeast Louisiana. And we have another great podcast for you tomorrow. Fox Sports New Orleans is re-airing a game from 1977 with the New Orleans Jazz as Pistol Pete Maravich put up 68 points against the New York Knicks. We're going to talk to two players involved in that game, one from the New Orleans Jazz and one from the New York Knicks. Otto Moore joins the program as one of Maravich's teammates. He gives his perspective on that night and and talks about Pete Maravich as a ball player. And also we'll get the perspective from someone on the other side of those 68 points, Bob McAdoo, Hall of Famer, who played for the Knicks that night. Both interviews are spectacular. You don't want to miss it. It will lead you in to the big rebroadcast at 7 o'clock, and I'll have more info for you on tomorrow's podcast as well. So tune in. I appreciate you joining me on this Tuesday, and a big thanks again to Jackson Hayes. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by C.